0: Hi there, Mainspring Podcast listeners. Thank you as always for tuning in. I'm Kristen Perlmutter, the Executive Director here at Mainspring Family Wellness. And I'm Dr.
1: Jenna Flowers, the clinical director here. And uh, we are so glad you're joining us today for
0: this particular podcast episode. So today we are talking about men. My favorite topic. (laughs) Specifically, we are going to talk about men and marriages. And I feel like um, so much of my conversations are with women who can so relate and identify Mm -hmm. with the challenges that a woman might face in a marriage. But we rarely hear from the other side. And I think it's about time we... Heard what the guys have to say.
1: Absolutely. And that's why today's conversation is going to be incredibly eye-opening and productive because we have on our show uh, marriage and family therapist Quentin Hafner. Now, Quentin is a therapist, counselor, and coach in Orange County. He works with individuals and couples. Um, he's pretty well known in our area. He also is a consultant to business leaders and organizations. And he also wrote a book called The Black Belt Husband. hmm so, Sounds intriguing. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot to share with us today about marriage
0: and being a husband. Great. Well, I think this conversation is long overdue and it's going to be really informative and helpful to our listeners. Um, help us get a, some good insight on why men and women are often at odds in a relationship. Okay, well, let's get to it then. This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers a marriage and family
1: therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Okay, we are so thrilled to have on our show today Quentin Hafner. He's a marriage and family therapist and has private practice in Newport Beach. So uh, why don't you just kind of start off by telling our audience a little more about yourself and your practice?
2: Okay. Yeah. So I am a, uh, marriage and family therapist and, uh, my practice is in Newport beach and I predominantly work with guys that are struggling with relationship problems. So that's kind of my, um, that's kind of my niche in my practice and it's evolved over the years of, um, you know, doing a lot of couples therapy and, um, as you guys know, there's there's not that many male therapists. No, and I think in in California the ratio is four to one female to male, and so um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I just kind of you know carved out a little lane for myself of kind of you know being somebody that uh, works well with guys, and um, yeah, that's what I do. And personally, I, I'm married uh, to my wife's name Hillary and Jenna. You know her mm-hmm. and. Um, We have two young sons, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and um, they keep us really busy.
1: Wow.
0: I bet. I bet. Well, that is a a much-needed niche, I would say. So I'm just going to start off with a really big question right off the bat. Um, Why do so many men struggle in marriage? (laughs) And what are some of the common struggles men typically have? Even though Jen and I already know all the answers, we just want to make sure the listeners... I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think you guys do.
0: <laughs>
2: Why do men struggle so much in marriage? Um, God, it's such a big question. There's so many. There's so many like avenues that we could like go down in answering that question. But I'll just kind of share with you guys what initially comes to my mind, and then you we can kind of yeah you know, brainstorm together. So I think that most men struggle because their understanding and kind of expectations of what marriage is supposed to look like is kind of an antiquated model. Mm -hmm. And they are coming to uh, marriage with a worldview of what marriage is supposed to look like that um, was maybe sufficient 75 years ago, but it's not sufficient anymore. And and so there is a, there's a really big kind of crisis in marriage because of that, because, uh, and I, this this is total just generalizations, but you guys, um, you know, there, there's, there's nuance to this and there's exceptions for sure, but, uh, generally women are expecting something really different and most men don't know how to provide that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the way that sometimes I'll talk about it is, um, Most men are um, coming to kind of relationships and to marriage with kind of a utilitarian perspective Mm -hmm. of marriage. It's about kind of utility and you raise children and I'll make money and we'll, um, you know, have that life together. And generally speaking, women are wanting something a lot more rich, a lot deeper, something a lot more emotional in nature. And most men um, just don't even know where to begin to, how to provide that because they haven't been taught that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's got to come into play too. That just what how you saw your parents interacting with each other, right? Like I think about my husband's constantly. He probably doesn't know that he's doing it, but constantly bringing up, um, my mom did this, my mom did that, you know. And I just feel like that kind of colors how you um, act in a marriage as well, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think a really big difference is that. Um, certain things that happen in marriage were acceptable in mm-hmm. our parents' generation that aren't acceptable anymore. And, and so there is, um, <clears throat> you know, so if, if I grew up and I watched my mom and dad kind of have a marriage, um, there was parts of their marriage that were so dysfunctional, like mm-hmm. a lot of their marriage was dysfunctional, but it was totally acceptable in right. the sense that they accepted it. They might not have liked it, but they just kind of went along with it. It's what all the neighbors did. It's what their parents mm-hmm. did. And if we kind of just fast forward from then until like 20, you know, current time, 2022, um, it, the kind of, the acceptance threshold has been reduced.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so um, a lot of guys Why are do you like, you well, wait a is. minute.
1: Yeah. And what are some <laughs> of the things that we've kind of seen as acceptable in the past that, mm-hmm. that are not any longer?
2: Well, the big one is um, um, men's, ability to connect on an emotional level Mm. i think i think if we just started there and stopped there like that would be enough um but i think for um the guys that i work with and um the guys that i'm trying to help um and I, i say this a lot they're they're really great guys they're 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 kind they're nice they're caring um They're very well intended. These are not like mean guys. These are not narcissistic guys that don't care. They're really good guys. But they don't know how to connect on a deeper, more emotional level. They don't know how to create kind of that like magic kind of qualitative goodness in relationships that. Um, are 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 ultimately what are, what are so satisfying and ultimately what everybody really needs in relationships. So, um, <clears throat> if I could just change one thing in you know ninety five percent of guys, I would just focus on changing that one thing, helping guys uh, learn about the world of emotion, um, how it relates to like our attachment styles, and how to articulate emotion, how to listen for emotion most guys haven't been taught that. And most guys haven't been, they they haven't really understood its value because it hasn't really shown up any any other place in their life. And usually when it, usually the first time it shows up is when their marriage is in a crisis and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I have to kind of figure this out. Yeah, That's kind of sense. what I think. I mean, do you, what do you guys well, think?
1: I, I guess as you're talking, it, it makes me wonder, like, you know, does this go back to some of our gender biases? Yes. You know, like that we teach our girls about, you know, well, how do you feel about that? And we have these processing kind of conversations. And then we give these messages to our boys of like, dude, just get up. You know, right. come on, tough it out. You can do this, yeah. you know. And we give a lot of dismissive languaging to our boys and when when we look at to you know even childhood research for for children boys are actually a lot more emotional when they are when they're younger you know there's a lot more yeah. tears yeah. and they're I've at a certain too. age it starts to shift because the hormones are changing in boys and maybe the tears don't come as easily mm-hmm. but some of our boys are definitely still feeling yeah. there are sensitivities there but then through you know i guess uh, experience and then messaging, you know, mm-hmm. we continue to either um, elicit more of that emotion from our boys or we stomp it down and we and we really try to, you right. know, teach them to push it down. Right. I think also, you know, I, I think we give a lot of mixed messages to men. I see that even nowadays. I don't know if you guys notice this, but even just in commercials, like how dumb do men often look in commercials? <laughs> And I just think that is such an offense. It's true. That's a good point. Why why do we have to dumb down men? I don't know. I mean, like, why can't we all just respect one another?
2: Yeah. And I I think there's a whole, like, there's a whole other conversation about, um, you know, that, you know, men and women are different, you Mm -hmm. know, genetically through DNA. um, There are some very profound differences between men and women. There's also a lot of similarities too. And so what you're kind of saying, Jenna, is, I think is really great because it's, I think it, there is a, there is this whole social conditioning aspect still with boys um, that, you know, they should be, you know, tough and that they shouldn't cry. That was definitely my childhood. That was like Mm -hmm. so ingrained in me as a kid. You know, be tough, be strong. Be str- you know, to 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 cry is weak. And um, so, what what happens is, it just we teach we teach little boys to just suppress their emotions. Yeah. And so they become really uh, gifted and skilled at, at at suppressing, and then that just you know creates us a whole other host of um, of problems down the road. So. You know, I, I always, I always like to come at this like from a message of like it's okay to be different. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, turn you into uh, female. I'm not trying to, you know, take away your kind of God-given kind of masculine nature, but you can still hold on to that and also be really emotionally intelligent and really mm-hmm. understand the world of emotions. And if you can do both, it's actually the perfect mixture to having a really great relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I was thinking about how oftentimes men, you know, have been seen as protector providers, Mm -hmm. right? But I think now in this newer day where so many women are in the workforce and they are Mm co-providers, you know, if not even maybe providing more than, you know, financially. But I think what every woman really wants that I see in my practice, though, is they want that emotional protector from from their husband. They want to know that, like... I can be vulnerable with you and you're gonna really hear it. And yes. it, you may I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to really hear it. Yep.
0: Yep. That emotional connection. A lot of times I think that's when um women feel like men are tuning out. Like they don't they can't go there, they don't wanna go there. Can can you speak to that, Quentin?
2: Yeah, I think the um, it's it's kind of a little bit related to kind of what we were saying earlier. I think that a lot of men feel kind of lost in those kind of those conversations, and so that's where the whole like fix it kind of mentality mm-hmm. shows up. And so if their wife is, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say your your my, my my wife is really overwhelmed, she had a really hard day, she's really anxious, and she's like, ah, you know, and I want I want to I want to process all all this with you. If if I don't know how to kind of just sit in that, if I don't know how to connect with her on that level then naturally my brain's going to go to that place of like, well, did you try this and maybe mm-hmm. you should try this and this would be good if you did this. And she's going to feel so disconnected from me. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> the, the only reason, by the way, just in full transparency, the only reason I kind of know how to do this is because I spent a lot of time in therapy because I didn't grow up yeah. in a family <laughs> that taught this. Right, right. And so I just, I feel like I want to preface that because n- nothing of what I'm saying is coming from like a, you know, a hierarchy position of like, I know something that you don't, it's not that at all. It's like, um, I have so many failed relationship experiences throughout my life to kind of prove that I didn't know how to do it. And so I, I learned this, um, you know, later on in my life and it, 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 it proved to have, um, a lot of great benefits. So I used to be that fix it guy. I used Mm -hmm. to have great advice. I used to have Mm -hmm. all the smart things to say and all the, you know, all, you know, you know, solutions to all the problems, Um, and most guys do that because, um, it kind of goes, it goes something like this. So if my wife's really anxious and, and, and I don't know how to relate to her on, on that level, then her anxiety actually makes me anxious. And out of my anxiety, I'll come up with all these solutions.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So it's like, ah, it's like, you're, it's like, you're overwhelmed. Now I'm overwhelmed. Now I'm going to give you a lot of great solutions to try to like end all the overwhelm because, just being in that kind of a conversation where there's lots of emotion just feels so uncomfortable for a lot of guys that mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with it. And so that's where the whole fix-it thing starts to show up. And it's not like these guys are – uh, they're not uncaring when they, when they go to that fix-it place. They are coming from a genuine place of care it's just the wrong kind of care. It's like, well, you know, someone's really thirsty. You don't hand them a steak. You know, it's like, it's just a different need in that moment. So trying to help guys kind of distinguish between, because there can certainly be times when it is appropriate to offer advice or to give solutions. But um, most of the time, a lot of guys, that's kind of all they have. That's like, it's kind of like the one tool in their toolbox.
0: Well, and I think, too, the the interesting thing is what I think most women want, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, I guess, but is just somebody to hold space for you while you process everything, you know? And it's interesting that that's kind of the opposite of what you get a lot of times.
2: A lot of guys um, pride themselves in being strong, mm-hmm. you know, and it's this kind of like archetype thing and... And you were you were talking about what you're you're wanting or needing for someone to kind of hold space for you. Mm -hmm. And and I think there's such a great reframe there to 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 help guys understand how how it takes so much strength to be that kind of presence, you know, to be that kind of durable presence with their partner to hold space like that. And it, 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 to me, it is like the ultimate act of strength. It's the ultimate act of bravery because to not hold that space is going to be driven by a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty, which is kind of the opposite of that, that paradigm of strength that so many guys, you know, really want to kind of embody for themselves. So <clears throat> I don't know. Does that make sense yeah. the way I'm kind of thinking about that?
0: It makes
1: a lot of sense. Yeah, I yeah. was just kind of thinking, too, that, you know, um, it kind of comes back to bandwidth. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, do we have the ability to tolerate how both are feeling and stay with that mm-hmm. rather than get distracted or numb out, right. you know, somehow get away from each other and what, what we're really feeling and being able to talk about it? Yeah,
2: and I, I think maybe sometimes that just takes um, – for, for many people, you know, we're going to kind of re we're going to learn how to do that for the first time as adults, because we didn't really have those experiences in our family of origin. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we, nobody was really with us, um, you know, helping us process our emotions, make sense of our emotions, uh, not feel overwhelmed by our emotions. So for a lot of people in adulthood, you know, we, we feel something inside and it's like, Oh, I got, I got to get away from this. Mm Um, I got to go to work. I got to distract myself. I got to drink or, you know, whatever the coping mechanism mechanism is, but it's, it's such a prevalent thing.
1: So I know you talk about being a high value husband. Can Mm. you explain that term for our audience and what does it really take to be a high value husband?
2: (laughs) I'm kind of laughing a little bit because it's, it's, um, It's such a great question. And I I don't know that I've ever really outlined what it means to be a high value husband, but uh, there's a little bit of kind of marketing strategy in using that term is because a lot of guys, um, if I said, Hey, do you want to be a high value husband or a low value husband? They're like, I want to be a high value husband. Show me the way, you know, I want to have a high value marriage. And so, um, whenever I like, not not all the time, but a lot of the times when I write stuff, if I'm writing a blog or if I'm, you know, speaking about something, I'll 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 take some circumstance and I'll say, well, this is kind of a low value response and this is a high value response. This is gonna this is gonna create a great marriage and this is gonna erode your marriage. And it's it's kind of in, in line with that whole like black belt husband kind of theme of like there's a there's a black belt husband who's like an expert at being a husband. And then there's the white belt husband, who's kind of the novice, the beginner. Um, and then there's some guys that, uh, cause I always, I always give a lot of credit to the white belt husband cause he's kind of starting the journey. At least he's open to learning. He may not have it figured out, but there's a lot of humility and, you know, self-awareness there. And then there's some guys that, um, you know, they're not interested in any kind of value. It's like a high value, low value. I don't care what you're saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I want to talk about communication because I think that's such a a hot topic in relationships. I mean, I know that's probably one of the main reasons why people end up in therapy, right? Just (laughs) lack of communication. And clearly our communication styles, men and women, are not exactly the same. Um, can you speak to that? Can you, how do you navigate how to communicate with your spouse?
2: Yeah, that's a, that is a, that is a great question. And it's, it's the kind of, uh, go-to answer when I ask people, you know, why, why are you guys in couples therapy or we want to improve our communication. That's kind of the, that's kind of the thing Mm -hmm. that people say. And, um, I think maybe even more specifically what people are trying to uh, get at when they have that response is um, they, they feel bad inside. There's like some kind of turmoil. They may feel frustrated. They might feel angry. They might feel lonely. They might feel anxious and they, they feel like the relationship is kind of the source cause of all these feelings inside. And so, um, and, and, and this is where I, I, this is where I think, um, there's not huge gender distinction because I see women struggle with this almost just as much as men is in kind of a, in an ability to be vulnerable in how we communicate what's going on inside of us. So most, most people, it's not so much that they don't know how to communicate with each other. Um, if they're mad, they're going to be really clear and be like, "I'm mad." Or if uh, if they're um, irritated, you're you're going to know that. Mm-hmm. You're going to sense that communication. It might even be nonverbal, but we're gonna we're we do an okay job communicating with each other. Where I think most couples really struggle is being able to communicate vulnerably, very specifically. It's not just kind of a generic like. We struggle with communication. It's what you struggle with is an ability to communicate on a vulnerable level. Mm-hmm. That's what most couples struggle with. And if couples could learn how to do that, how to kind of tap into that kind of vulnerable parts of ourselves and be able to kind of say, I feel scared, I feel sad, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> sounds maybe it sounds really trivial even even in that kind of in the simplicity of saying that but i know that when when my wife and i are in a in a tense argument or something or where there's tension between us i don't want to say that i'm scared i don't want to say that i'm sad because that 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 requires me to kind of tap into that sense of vulnerability that can feel really overwhelming so um Whenever I, so this is just a really long answer to kind of say that I think what really is at the root source of all communication problems is is not so much communication itself, it's more vulnerability.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: The ability to be vulnerable, to trust that if you are vulnerable, it will be met.
0: Yes.
2: Right. Because I, th- I think, and I don't know, you, you guys could talk about your experiences too, but I know that like when, 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 when in, a, in my relationship with my wife and I, we can go from being so tense to feeling so connected as soon as we go to that vulnerable place. Yes. And, and it, it can be like, like literally 180 degree turn. And I see that with the couples I work with too. And maybe you guys can relate to that too in your own experiences personally or professionally, you know, I can I definitely being vulnerable is like the, the magic sauce.
0: I can definitely relate to that. I think what tends to happen before that is that some sort of fight or argument. It's like that's what forces us sometimes to be vulnerable is to have some sort of conflict. And then, um, and then yeah, the other side, it's always so uncomfortable to go through that. But there's always something, um, some growth and energy shift that happens afterwards. So, yeah, I see that cycle happening in my relationship for sure. You know, I would also say that um, front-loading with your mm. mate about,
1: like, I have something I want to say that feels really vulnerable to yeah. me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm afraid of being judged, or I'm concerned that you might judge me for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I think that often will help mm-hmm. kind of break the ice so that mm-hmm. it, it yeah. puts your partner on alert of, like, okay, you do really have something very tender or something that's very
0: important to you that you need to share with me, and so I need I need to hear that. I think another thing that I've learned in therapy is um, making sure that you ask for the, the right time. Because sometimes when you try to get vulnerable and the, the other person is not in the right frame of mind, you can feel rejected and then you kind of shut <laughs> down. So just, you know, even that simple like, hey, do you have time to process something with me? I, I didn't used to say that. I used to just kind of like, ah, I want to share this. I want to just like you do yeah. with your girlfriends or, you know, but um, I realize that you have to kind of um, ask for ask for the person's time, and uh, to set aside for that.
1: Yeah, and especially in Orange County too, we have so I mean, I, maybe this is a huge generalization, but I really feel like everyone is so busy here. Yeah, you know, their kids are, are involved mm-hmm. in a lot of different things. Yes, people are working crazy hours because it's expensive yeah. to live in our area, right? Yes. So I, I mm-hmm. get it, like you, you know people have certain goals they want to get met and also there's these goals of achievement with, just within their families right That's so right. sometimes there's not mm-hmm. enough time for communicating because everyone's so over scheduled there's not enough
0: margin That's right. in in the family's day and that can become an excuse to oh, not connect sure. and communicate we're so busy we just don't have time it's like well you got to yeah they're make not making the time, time. <laughs> they're
1: not making time yeah in fact i was wondering what are your thoughts on how Maybe dads handle situations with kids versus moms. Mm. We may be kind of going into some overgeneralization territory in here as well. But one thing we have found in our parenting classes is that a lot of moms will be in our classes and they'll be like, we really need our husbands yeah. to hear this and understand this because they're not taking yeah. in some of the science that and research that you're teaching us about raising kids. They're just kind of giving knee-jerk reactions from how they grew up. And they just think this is how it is, you yeah, know, with, with right. the kids. And then it kind of is, in effect, ruining everything I'm trying to set up with, with our children. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, OK, so I'm not the parenting expert. You guys are. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll put my toes in the water. But you are bit. a husband you know, expert. I think when. that I don't even know about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think some of it is kind of what we were saying earlier about I think there's some important paradigm shifting that needs to happen. Um, and I think a lot of guys are still kind of a generation uh, in the rear view with uh, their relationship with their spouses and their uh, parenting skill set. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go total generalization, too. OK, but this is kind of what I've seen a lot from the guys that I work with. And I think that a lot of guys, um, they, again, they want to be good parents. It really matters to them to be a good dad. Uh, they're very loving, they're very caring, but inside and kind of intuitively, they feel really Mm ill-equipped to be a parent. They don't really know like how to do it. They don't know what to do. Um, it's, it's it's interesting. I just got off a a phone call with a client of mine earlier and we, you know, this whole conversation, he has a six-year-old and he was like, and he's, he's newly divorced. And so he's, he has custody. And and so he, but he doesn't, he has no idea about like how to spend time with his six-year-old and, and he carries a lot of shame Mm. about that. He's, he's actually very embarrassed of that. He feels humiliated about that. Um, and I hear that actually a lot from guys that they they, they want to do better they 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 care, but they feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. And and then sometimes what happens in from a relationship standpoint with their spouses, I think wives can kind of inadvertently or accidentally contribute to the shame. Um, by being more critical of their parenting, um, and I'm not, this is, I'm not saying that like in a judgmental way. I just think that happens in a relationship dynamic. So if they're, um, I always, I always try to encourage wives to be, um, really kind of thoughtful of that and, and just have that kind of awareness playing out in the back of their mind that, um, that if they if their husband if they if they want their husbands to participate more in like the the parenting experience, I think they have to be sensitive to that shame piece. Because if you just come at it kind of strong,
0: yeah,
2: it's going to make it worse. Because you're going to create more shame, you're going to create more resistance, more defensiveness, and then there's going to be a bigger gap. So. Um, I, I, just, I love talking to wives and I, I don't know, Jenna, I used to do a lot of mops talks and I used mm-hmm. to talk about that in the mops talks and just talk about that, like that need to be really aware of that. And, um, I think if, if wives are more aware of that, usually the, the results are a little bit better.
1: That's a good insight. Yeah. Yeah. Cause is kind of like how you're, when you're raising boys, I, I raised two boys. Kristen has one. I mean, you, you can easily trigger that shame the moment you're just going, They get that sense of, like, there's something inherently wrong with them because of something that they did. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the interpretation versus the behavior Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes back to the fear of failure, that all of a sudden they failed at something. So it's hard to receive mm-hmm. the feedback. That's why yeah. how we approach one another with our feedback is really, yeah. you know, very important.
2: Yeah, and going back to what you guys were saying earlier about frontloading the conversation, I love that too. And you know, my little um, my little thing that I like to say is, um, you know, if you have a hard conversation, um, <clears throat> and this this is super applicable to what we were just talking about about regarding the parenting. Um, I always I always like to tell people if you have a hard conversation that needs to be had, um, you got to say two things as you approach the conversation. You got to say, "I'm not mad at you, and Mm. you're not in trouble. Mm. I just want to share this with you."
0: That's really helpful,
2: and 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 that's very disarming. It's like, oh, okay, like I heard that. I'm not, I'm not defensive as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know what, you and I need to have a conversation. (laughs) You know, if somebody says that, it's like, Whoa, what's this about? You know? um...
0: (laughs) Right. I I think I just said that to my husband last night. (laughs) We need to talk.
2: Uh, Yeah. We need to talk. No one wants to hear that. How many many people are like, okay, great. We need to talk. I love it. Right. They're like, "Uh, no thanks. You know,
1: he'll Uh... actually say to me, uh, if it's that kind of talk, then let's wait till the morning. Yeah. See? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Which is good. Yeah. You know, he's aware uh-huh. of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love right. to just process it. Yes. Night, right. Uh, and of yes. course, after 11, when everyone's exhausted <laughs> yeah. and no one wants to have these. Yeah. Kind of let's conversations. talk at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> You're not the only one that does that. So uh, in working with men over the years, is there something you want us women to also know about men and their approach to relationships? Like, I love what you just said about like, Mm. you know, you didn't do anything wrong. I'm not mad at you. But like, are there a couple other things that women really need to know?
2: I love that you're asking that question. Um, And uh, I'm thinking about what you said, Jenna, at more the beginning of of our conversation about how um, society or culture um, just kind of makes a mockery of men. Mm. It, there's so many outlets of that, whether it's, you know, see commercials or movies, or um, <clears throat> I think the church is really guilty of it too. And I don't know why that's coming to my mind. I just feel like that's super important. And 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 I, I think that if... Um, <clears throat> I think that in 2022, it's a very difficult task to be a healthy man mm. because I think it's very confusing. I think um, the messaging is very complicated, it's complex, it's um, uh, contradicting. You should be this way, you should be this way. Um, and implicit in all that is that you're not good enough or that something's wrong with you on both sides of those coins. And and that's why when, like, when we're having conversations like we're having right now, I'm always trying to be so aware and kind of sensitive that I don't just contribute to that. So it's not like a guy-bashing thing. And um, it's like I want to help guys live really great lives, and so in order to do that, we have to talk about what the challenges are. But um, I think it would be—I think it could go a really long way. If as a culture and as a culture, we could just start within our immediate families and we could start with our husbands and we could start with our little boys that we're raising that we really prize men and we, 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 we hold men to high regard and we think guys are good and we think guys are, um, you know, great contributors to our world and our society. Because we get so much of that other messaging, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, like the toxic masculinity thing or, you know, guys are this or guys are that. And and I think especially in the world of therapy and coaching and like help, uh, there's really no shortage of kind of male bashing messaging. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, guys are listening to all that. Mm-hmm. They're taking it all in. You know, they're really aware of it. They're very sensitive to it. It contributes to the shame and um i remember sitting at um I, i remember sitting at church on a mother's day service and really just being appalled by what the pastor was saying on mother's day and and instead of it being a really celebratory message about moms it turned into just this really bashing message about dads and men and and so i I just don't think that that's good uh, for anybody. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it invites people to the table to have conversations about how to make things better. I think it just creates more shame, it creates more resistance. And so um, if you're a wife listening to this, you know uh, that's kind of what comes to my mind is, is really just trying to be thoughtful and mindful of being appropriately celebratory of your man because he lives in a world that's very condemning of him by and large.
0: Wow, that's so well said. And I think, yes, I needed to hear that. I think women need to hear that. Yeah, I'm thinking about my own marriage right
1: now and just even kind of the division of our labor at home. Mm. And I have, um, he's allowed to be my sous chef in in the kitchen. And uh, he, he truly is like a, a handyman of, of all trades. Like he, oh. he can build an entire house on his yeah. own. He can, because yeah, yes, he's he an can. engineer. And I love that about him. And I try to do a lot of affirming yes. of, of all the different things that he does for a home to, to make it better and improve. But I also recognize that there is a little boy within my, my husband. Mm-hmm. A little boy that I have mm-hmm. fallen in love with in his playfulness and in mm-hmm. his tenderness And I try to really remember that. I remember that for my own boys right now as I'm raising them at 10 and 13. And then also for my husband that like at the core of who this person is, this joy filled person, you know, how I say things to him really matter because he's hearing it not just as his adult self, but also in his inner child. Hmm. And so I always want to be sacred with that.
2: I'm so glad that you're saying that. I'm so glad that you're saying that. Um, that I can, I can kind of take that in personally for myself. I think about that for my two sons Mm. and it's such an interesting thing too, you know, that like for those of us that have sons and young sons, you know, we have these little boys that are so precious and so sensitive and we're, we, are we we're, we're so kind of attentive to them and um, and then, and then something happens. I don't know what the, I don't know what the age is, but something happens in the chronology of that lifespan where they reach a certain age and it's like, yeah, forget all that. Get your act together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, and so, <laughs> so um, you know, and I, I, th- I think it's, it's such a great reminder that we're all married to these little, we're all married. We're all little kids married to other little yeah. kids. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're kind of like just trying to figure out everything as we go, trying to, you know, make, you know, make sense of it as we get along. And, um, you know, men, you know, even though men really, you know, have that kind of the, 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 the value of the, you know, they want to be perceived as strong and courageous and noble and all that stuff. A lot of guys don't feel that way inside, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, Ex, ex, on an external level, we could look at them and be like, wow, that, you know, that guy's, you know, nothing gets to him. And it's like, no, that is so far mm-hmm, from the truth. Right. That is so far from the truth. He's, he's appropriately sensitive and appropriately fragile. And he's a, he's a, he's appropriately, um, you know, can feel, you know, the negativity, the criticism, the shame, the, 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 the condemning and I think so. So, and it's 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 partly guys' responsibility too to um, let all that stuff be known. You know, if that's how it feels to you, if that's your experience, you got to talk about that. You got to say, hey, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. You can't talk to me like that. That hurts me. You know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys are afraid to have those conversations because of out of fear of being perceived a certain way. So they just take it, take it, take it, and then, you know, they reach fifty five and put a grenade in their life and buy a ferrari and get a girlfriend that's 22 and have a midlife crisis and it's like well where did that come from it's like well that stuff's been building for a really long time
0: Mm -hmm. wow well where tell us a little bit about your um subscription service that you're offering for men
2: So part of, um, I wrote the, I wrote a book called Black Belt Husband in 2018, and it was just, um, you know, it's a, it's a marriage book specifically for guys. And I wanted to kind of, you know, write something that, you know, guys could try to relate to. Um, most marriage stuff is, you know, written by women for women. So I wanted to write something specifically for guys. And, um, and so, through that book and through you know courses I've created and different like programs, um, I have a um, a subscription that people can sign up for. And so basically, what it is is it's an opportunity to um, uh, you know talk through topics. Like I I, I just did uh, I just did a group call yesterday on Monday. So we meet twice a month over Zoom. And, um, yesterday we had this whole great conversation on the, on, on, on this very simple topic of what does it mean to take responsibility in your relationship for what's yours and what does it mean to take, or what does it mean to not take responsibility for what's not yours? Mm -hmm. And so we talk about topics like that. I have another therapist coming on in a couple of weeks from now, and, um, she's gonna, she's gonna uh, talk to the group of guys that I, I have in the group and her whole thing is she's like a sex Expert, mm-hmm. and she's going to talk about sexuality from a woman's mm. perspective. This is what women are looking for. This is what women think about. I'm like, this is going to be yeah. awesome. So, um, it's 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 a very affordable service for people that maybe you know otherwise can't afford traditional therapy. And, um, it's just, there's a, there's a vault of resources and videos and all sorts of stuff that you can have access to. So if guys are looking for help in their relationship, maybe they don't want to go to therapy and they just want to do it a little bit more on incognito, this, it's also a great resource for those guys. Great. And where
1: do they find that information, Quentin?
2: Um, can I send you a link to it? Would that be okay? I can send you a link to it and you could put it somewhere, Jenna? Yeah,
1: absolutely. But do you have it on like, what's the website?
2: Oh, well, you could go to blackbelthusbands.com and then there's, there's a bunch of stuff there. Okay,
0: yeah. great. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. This has been mm-hmm. such a insightful and helpful and deep and conversation. Deep. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we kind of
1: touched we on went deep. Some, okay. so yeah. <laughs> you no,
2: know, it's fun. to It's, it's, it's fun to talk about this stuff and It's fun to talk about it with females because I I feel like I'm talking about this stuff with guys all day long. So it's good to hear your kind of questions. Your questions kind of bring just a little bit different flavor. And um, no, it's great. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the
0: show today. Thanks, Quentin.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Wow. That was really, really incredible. He had so many great insights and tips, and it really kind of made me think differently about my relationship and, um, and even how I'm raising my son.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, you know, Quentin is such a warm person, too. He didn't is. You He's find? a great energy. Yeah, great energy. And even the simplest thing of what he said, which was to start a conversation by saying, I'm not angry with you mm-hmm. and you're not in trouble. I mean, I that can just go such a long way with our children as well as with our mates of just yeah. keeping the defenses down so that we can, we can move towards some solutions and find, yeah. find a way to, to better understand each other. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it really kind of takes away that defensive quality that can happen sometimes when you're having a you know heavy conversation. Yeah. And I think, too, on a, on a broader stroke, when we were talking about
1: the different divisions and, you know, how how we see men differently mm-hmm. now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think the opportunity, though, is to see men in a more expansive way. Yes. That we're moving out of just a very rigid uh, approach and archetype. Yep but that men can be so much more, that Mm -hmm. they can be vulnerable, they Mm -hmm. can be protectors, they can be providers, but they can also be
0: lovers and understanders and, and relators. That's right. Things have really shifted in a positive way. And I think they will continue to, especially if people are willing to do this work and really, you know, kind of look at where you came from and how it affects how you participate in a relationship
1: yeah and I think too it really reminds me of the importance of being a parent to to young men as well yes that we really have a stewardship there on being able to help our our young boys who grow into men to have that emotional vocabulary to really sit with them to not give them dismissive messages about their own feelings absolutely to just toughen up you know that we can we can sit with it all that's right yeah well thanks for joining us on on mainspring family wellness and as always you can find us online at mainspringfamilywellness.com to see our uh, more recent classes Uh, we have clinical hypnosis and reiki cranial sacral therapy massage as well uh and uh, some upcoming parenting classes, actually. Yeah. And then, of course, our, our counseling center,
0: which we have a child therapist and uh, staff therapist as well. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mainspring Family. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend or your significant other. Um, thanks for joining us.